Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You know, if anybody in Minnesota is Teflon, it is Senator Amy Klobuchar. But I think some of this, some of what happened today has to stick to her. It's Jason. Welcome to Drive Time. December 11th. A day that a Minneapolis man is uh, certainly going to remember for the rest of his life. He is free right now. Marvin Haynes has been out of prison for about four hours now. Walked out of the Stillwater prison around 11 this morning. He was in prison, found guilty by a jury, prosecuted by a prosecutor in the office of then Hennepin County Attorney Amy Klobuchar for the shooting of a North Minneapolis flower shop employee. Marvin Haynes was released today and not not in the same way that perhaps a, a more high-profile case, the Mayan Burrell case, uh, this time the current Hennepin County prosecutor apologized. The judge threw out the conviction. Marvin Haynes not only was freed, but the current county attorney said essentially that the prosecution was flawed, that the evidence was wrongfully obtained and, in fact, was relatively unreliable, even uh, the way it was presented. To me, this is not the totality of how you judge Amy Klobuchar's time as Hennepin County attorney. There are lots of correctly prosecuted cases, right? But it is a snapshot as to what life was like in Minneapolis in the early 2000s. And certainly our attitude and the attitude not, not you know, not just on tough on crime Republicans, but mainstream Democrats, the attitude towards prosecuting crime when it involved a teenager, it's so different from how it is now. But to me, it's inescapable that over the last, what, couple of years, two people who were prosecuted when they were 16 Two black teenagers prosecuted at age 16 have had their life sentences either commuted. It's what happened to Mayan Burrell, where the governor threw out his sentence or the whole guilty verdict thrown out, which is what happened today with Marvin Haynes. Do you hold Amy Klobuchar responsible for this at all. I do. 651-461-9226. Not saying she is a bad senator or was even a bad county attorney. 
I'm saying if you're going to take the wins, which she certainly did, and when she campaigned for Senate the first time around, part of her campaign was talking about how she fought to make Minnesota safer through her job as a prosecutor. A big county prosecutor often can be a springboard to higher office because you are seen as a fighter for justice. For me, it's hard to look at that record the same way. Especially when you look at some of the stuff that Look, you can say in 2005 we had a different attitude towards 16-year-old killers than we do today, right? Today, there seems to be more of an understanding that, you know, teenagers, their brain is still developing. Should justice be dealt out the same way as to a 16-year-old as it would to a 30-year-old? Not that we all agree on that, but there's there's more of a nuanced conversation about it today than there was in 2005. So so I do think that is uh, understandable, right, when you look back at the time. But when you look at what the current county attorney is saying and what the judge in this case has said, I mean, why didn't anyone in the county attorney's office flag this originally? The suspect lineups were pretty bogus. There was no physical evidence from the scene, none. No DNA, no fingerprints, no surveillance video that ever connected this 16-year-old to the crime. Just a, uh, you know, uh, an informant who told a detective a couple days after the killing that it was little Marvin who did it. And then they showed kind of an old photo of him that was a closer match to the suspect description than what Marvin Hayes actually looked like in the time. So bad police were like, there's plenty of blame here, right? Bad police work. Maybe a bad defense attorney. A judge. I mean, there, there are a lot of people involved in this. But if we let the county attorney take the victory lap for wins in court, then I think there also is a certain amount of culpability here for uh, for the the prosecutor's office. Now, when I when I simply tweeted out the fact that two men sent to prison for life during Amy Klobuchar's term as county attorney have now been released. The responses were very interesting. A lot of you are saying, well, she's just doing her job. The jury sent these people to the jail. I call absolute BS on that. County attorney and a prosecutor is not just bringing forth the evidence. They're analyzing if the evidence is valid. They are analyzing if there's enough evidence to get a higher charge. We expect our prosecutor to be more than a clerk just forwarding on whatever the police come up with. We expect the prosecutor to be on the side of justice. And in this case, at least from the evidence I'm seeing, Amy Klobuchar failed. She fell short in that responsibility. Now, is that her individual 
you know, is that the lead prosecutor on the case? What was her plenty of questions about, like, how much responsibility? But certainly, certainly the. The way that the office at the time handled the Mayan Burrell case, another 16 year old. Uh, that posed challenges for Amy Klobuchar's presidential campaign last time around. And some of some of the criticism is fair and some is not, right? Some of it is applying today's standards to the old way we used to do things. And I think we have to be careful of that. It's easy to do that. It's easy to, to go back 20 years and say, hey, we should have been you know, more compassionate towards a 16-year-old, although some of you, I think, don't care one way or the other, right? What happened today is, boy, it's hard to react to it, right? Because on the one hand, it is it is a victory. It is a, it is a victory for justice where you say, okay, enough people in the system took up the cause of a, of a person who... who You know, do I know if he did it or didn't do it? No, I don't know. He says he didn't. He always, you know, prison is, as one of our texters says, prisons are full of people who are saying they they didn't do it, which is true. Are there innocent people locked up? Probably. And so what you do is you try to work to try to try to achieve justice. And I give Mary Moriarty's office and I give the judge and I give the innocence project, all the, all the credit in the world for being willing to go at it and try to achieve justice. So that tonight, you know, Marvin Haynes can, can be with his family, you know, but this is serious business when we, as a society take away people's freedom. And yes, it's their fault. And yes, it's a punishment for what they've done. But our whole system is set up to try to protect against one innocent person going uh, to prison. And I know it's an uncomfortable thing to deal with, especially when you have a, a, a rise in crime. But our system is set up that we'd rather free five guilty people than lock up one innocent person. And here we had a guy who was locked up for 18 years. I mean, I I am surprised, and I'll share some of the text coming in at 651-461-9226 after we take a break, but I'm surprised how many people want to just say, well, prosecutor just, you know, presenting the case. I don't, is it because, is it because it's Amy Klobuchar? Or is it because we don't like to admit that sometimes we screw up? I don't know. 651-461-9226. Do you blame Amy Klobuchar for, at least according to what the judge and what the prosecutor is saying today, wrongfully prosecuting and locking up Marvin Haynes? We'll talk about it more as we continue here on Drive Time with DeRussia. 323, it is Monday. We're talking about the breaking news that we've been covering today here at WCCO Radio. Minnesota man been locked up for 18 years. Uh, He is free right now. 
And I'm asking how much responsibility the county attorney at the time should take for this. I'll tell you, tonight, if Senator Klobuchar came out and said, my job as county attorney was to deliver justice, and it is clear that I failed Marvin Haynes. I cannot give you these 18 years back. I am so sorry. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you just, just about fall over to hear a politician say, I should have caught it. I should have questioned harder. I should have asked more questions. It's my office. I took credit for these cases to build my career because that was my record. I certainly didn't intentionally do this. I, I mean, that to me, I feel that's, that's what Marvin Haynes deserves. And again, I'm not saying that this invalidates all the good, all the excellent prosecutions. Absolutely not. But part of the job is that you may screw up, but your screw up as county attorney cost this man 18 years of his life. Uh, to me, that's that's noteworthy. Now, Jana Shortle at CARE 11 uh, on X mentioned that uh, she reached out to Senator Klobuchar and that the Klobuchar team Uh, has said she has nothing to share on this news right now. You know, this is a little different than the other case where Mayan Burrell, you know, Amy Klobuchar was running for office and she, at the time, she was running for president. And at the time, you know, there was uh, an investigation that said, I mean, some of this stuff is sort of similar, to tell you the truth. We're looking at a 16-year-old with no hard evidence, where the lead detectives on the case were maybe a little aggressive in trying to get trying to get a, a an answer, get a conviction, get get an arrest. In the Mayan Burrell case, police didn't get surveillance video from the convenience store that could have uh, shown his innocence. And in this case, there was no video, no physical evidence. One texter asking what evidence is available now that wasn't available when the individual was sentenced. I do think it's important to remember that in 2005, I think juries were uh, much more accepting of police stories. Right. So when a detective says, I showed this photo lineup, they indicated that it was. Uh, Marvin Haynes, and that's the testimony. And there's another, here's another witness who was shown a photo lineup and shown a physical lineup and said it was him. We know that eyewitness testimony is often, you know, people aren't intentionally lying, but people also want to be helpful and they want to find a killer. And so today, I mean, a lot of we're we're lucky in many ways that there's a lot more physical evidence. You have cameras everywhere. You have 
better ability to extract DNA evidence. So you just get better evidence, generally speaking. But sometimes eyewitnesses are wrong. And the jury believed that testimony. So that's part of part of what happened there. Um, another texter asking that, how, how could a jury convict beyond a reasonable doubt? It's a fair question, right? But that suspect lineup shouldn't have been admitted is what uh, the judge said here, throwing out the conviction. So if you didn't have that photo lineup, if you didn't have that physical lineup, then you, you really have nothing. But back in 2005, that, that maybe was, was enough. That was maybe enough. Another texture says, I'm, I'm way overboard in my blame. You know, and Dan, you and I talked about this a little bit. Where I think the gut instinct on this is like, well, the prosecutor takes the best evidence they have and bring it forward. And that, that is what happened here. And makes an argument. It makes an argument. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not that we, that can't, it, it isn't, you know, like you were saying earlier, it isn't just a matter of a prosecutor coming in to look at a jury and say, well, here's the evidence. Now you make up your mind. Right. No, the evidence is presented in such a way because the state is arguing this person, we believe this person did this. Right. And we want you to convict them of this crime. They're advocating on behalf of the public, on behalf of the state. That's what their job is. It's the same reason while, you know, people always love to make jokes about defense lawyers. Boy, if you weren't involved in a situation that you're being blamed for, you want to have a really good one to make sure that that, you know, that argument gets made because you want yeah. to make sure that justice is done and you're not wrongfully convicted. And, and I'm not casting aspersions on, on a Marvin's defense lawyer. I don't even know who it is. No, but, I don't know either. Right. But the point is that as a prosecutor, you have a huge responsibility yeah. to make an argument to try and protect the public. And where that line then gets drawn between advocating on behalf of the public and skewing things in a way to make somebody appear guilty who isn't guilty can be tricky at times. And even the best of people, the best intentioned of prosecutors, can trip up on that line now again. Yeah, I think, and we're getting questions on the text line of, you know, and I guess fundamentally what what I'm challenging is this idea that a prosecutor simply is representing their client, which is the police. The prosecutor's client is the public. Right. And so it's a little different where a defense attorney, your client is your client, the defendant. A prosecutor has to take evidence from the police, but ultimately you represent the public. And the public has a real strong interest in making sure that innocent people don't get locked up. And that's where you say, this is my responsibility as the prosecutor where you say, you know what? We fell short. I'm not, I'm not saying like she needs to resign or I'm not even saying it should be a political issue uh, for her campaign necessarily. This idea that you're, you know, over blaming is just silly because you're you're not, you're not, I'm just saying there is blame, but there is, there is blame. If you're the head of that department and clearly there was a failure at some point along this chain, then guess what? You get to wear that. And I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, if she came out and made a quick statement and just said, I'm glad justice was done in this case, the ball got dropped somewhere along the line and the buck stopped with me as the prosecutor and just left it at that. I think everybody That'd lets it great. go and we all move on. That would be great. Yeah. 331. 
I want to take up the question that the newspaper asked this weekend about uh, about pay in politicians. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Do you guys think that the mayor of Minneapolis or the governor of Minnesota is underpaid? Who wants to step up and call this show and say there's a politician that's underpaid? 651-461-9226. We'll talk about it when we come back on Drive Time. I think a lot of us look at politicians, the governor, the mayor, the city council, and think they should work for free. (laughs) Nobody wants to see politicians get paid. So when the Star Tribune asked the question this weekend, I i mean, it certainly got my attention. Are Minneapolis City Council members overpaid? And is Mayor Jacob Fry underpaid? I have to say, the City Council pay sort of surprised me. Almost $110,000 for a Minneapolis City Council member. Is that too much? 651-461-9226. Mayor Fry makes $140,800. The governor of Minnesota uh, is in the middle of a couple of pay raises. Right now, Governor Tim Walls, if you had to guess, if you didn't know, Dan, do you know how much the governor makes? Off the top of your head? I don't off the top of my head, no. If you had to guess, what would you guess? Jake, Jacob Fry, 140. Okay. Uh, I'd say like 180. 127. Oof. It's, it, it went up. It, now, Tim Walls said he wasn't going to take these pay raises, but there's a, sort of a, a commission, a compensation council. Because, you know, no one ever wants to vote for yourself to get a raise because then Mr. Negative Campaign Ad Guy comes out. Dan Cook is voting to line his pockets while you and I are struggling to find the money to pay for our gasoline. You know, that kind of deal. Why is Dan Cook voting for his own pay raise? You know, Crooked Cook. I don't know. <laughs> What would what would the negative campaign be against you? That's pretty good. Right, like I mean, crooked cook. I'm yeah. I'm you know I'm a big fan of alliteration. So yeah, go with that. Dan Cook. By the way, if I more could, like Cook in the books <laughs> to line his pockets. If I could vote for a pay raise around here, you better <laughs> hell <believe>. yes. oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mashing that yes button. So anyway, the governor's pay is is on the way up. It's going to be a hundred fifty thousand dollars, but still like. Does that feel low to you? 651-461-9226. Minneapolis City Council members are absolutely overpaid. It's ridiculous. They make more than the Minnesota Secretary of State. I believe that, generally speaking, politician pay 
is ridiculous. It's divorced from reality as to what the actual kind of a management type job would be getting paid. Much less like, I mean, we don't want our politicians. I don't think the mayor or the governor should be getting paid like a CEO, but like one one hundred forty thousand dollars. I honestly I think it's fine. I think Jacob Fry's pay is fine. I don't think he needs a pay raise. And you know, despite my initial like whoof, one ten, I actually think the city council members probably should be making about a hundred, a hundred and ten thousand dollars. We don't want these jobs to be only accessible to rich people. Brian's in Blaine on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Brian, nobody's going to call this show and say politicians should get a raise. I would imagine that's not your take, huh? <laughs> no. No. Well, one thing I wanted to point out, though, is that, uh, some, you know, like, and, and this is kind of more for Tim Waltz, but, like, I, he doesn't have a lot of, there's a lot more benefits involved, too. So you got to consider Very that. True. Yeah, he gets a house, they get a car. You're exactly right. Like, total comp for the governor, you you probably add a good at least $50,000 in other benefits, right? And I don't know if, I don't know how food works for those guys, if they pay for their own food or not for the governor, but I know like Hennepin County commissioners have take home cars. Yes. Um, Yeah, the the county uh, commissioner is a, that's a pretty good gig. Like, if you, yeah, I would look up their, they yeah. get paid. They get paid pretty well. Yeah, I think. I, I don't think know. Hennepin County gets around. It's about one fifteen, something like that. One third. Well, that was that was five years ago. I don't know what they make. I'll look that up. If I anybody knows, I, was, I used to. I used. I used to work for Hennepin County. And I remember one time I looked it up. I mean, they were they were in the mid six you know hundreds there. But I mean, they also had the, the Hennepin County benefits are outstanding. So yeah, it, that's part I, of that. I mean, that has to jack that total package compensation up but yeah that's all i had for you i just very good something to keep in mind yeah that's that's really good i appreciate that call thank you uh brian 651-461-9226 i am i am concerned that if pay gets too low that a regular you know working mom with a family or you know a dad with like uh who's trying to support a family well, even a single person trying to pay their rent. If if you're paying if you're paying city council members, uh what? What do you think they should what do you think they should make? If one ten is outrageous, what do you think the pay should be? Taxters at six five one four six one nine two two six. The governor should be paid at least what PJ Fleck has paid. <laughs> I mean in Hennepin County, the highest paid people you know, the medical examiner makes $323,000. The assistant medical examiner makes 299000 The county administrator makes 279000 When you list the top 10 salaries in Minneapolis, the mayor isn't even in it. And again, I'm not saying, I, I don't think raising the pay uh, for a mayor or for a governor... I, is anybody out there saying, you know what, I really believe I could make a difference in, my, in, in the city of Minneapolis or the city of St. Paul or running as governor? And you say, you know what, I can't take the pay cut? Like, give me a break. I don't think so. You would run, right? Wouldn't you run?
Because if you had to raise the pay to be competitive with like people with CEO type experience, well, I mean, that's preposterous. Like it is service. It is, you know, working for the people. There's a bit of a sacrifice. That said, I think some people, some people think that people should be working for just for the thrill of it, which I think is ridiculous. One texture at 651-461-9226 says 85,000 would be plenty. I mean, what? Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah, 85,000 is a pretty good full-time salary, right? But the median salary for management positions in the metro twin cities is like $165,000. That's census data. So I don't know. I think it's appropriate. I believe me, it is somewhat painful for me to come on this show and defend the Minneapolis city council. That's not my normal go-to. One texter asking, do city council members work full time? In Minneapolis, yes. St. Paul is technically a part-time city council. I think if you ask the St. Paul city council members, they would probably dispute that. Because I I imagine if you're a city council member, like, aren't you sort of always working? The way it works in St. Paul is the city council and the mayor get the exact same hourly wage, which I think is... uh, 60 bucks an hour, but the mayor gets paid uh, 40 hours a week and the city council gets paid 20. So in St. Paul, technically, it's rated as a part-time job. In Minneapolis, it is a full-time job. Way too high for city munchkins, says one texter. Why should they make more than a cop? I don't think they generally do make more than a cop. Depends on how much overtime the cops <laughs> right? I don't know. I think that people have this. It's sort of an easy go to. Sure. To be like, these people are they they, they barely deserve. You know, it's like, come on. You want to pay well, people a reasonable amount of money. There's a you're right. You do. And there's all kinds of factors that go into how people analyze this. Right. In terms of if, if you're not if you're a, a conservative living in the city of Minneapolis then the Minneapolis City Council is not somebody you're big fans of. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to say, well, they shouldn't make that much money. Then you'll call them munchkins and do whatever. You know, whatever. Uh, and I think we all fail to realize, or most of us fail to realize, how much money a job with equivalent responsibility in the private sector right. makes. Right. Guaranteed it's higher for than sure. these public services. Yes. And we know that there will be a line out the door and around the corner of people who would love to sign up for this job if it was $85,000 yes. a year, whatever it is. Because people you know, are drawn to politics for other reasons than money, uh, power, whatever it is. Some of them genuine public service, sure. But that that skews it, right? Because right. there's such a demand right. for, for that job that you don't have to pay as much to draw quality candidates. I found it interesting the way that Minneapolis, that, that they, you know, the, the city did a study to see like, all right, how, yeah. are, how, are we, how are we doing? Which is a very normal thing. I'm sure. on a nonprofit board. We do salary studies where you're like, okay, we want to be paying our executives in this range and compared to comps and whatever. Yeah. They adjusted the salary to cost of living Minneapolis money. So it would be an even comparison. And 
city council, Minneapolis is near the top of our peers. Denver is 106, Boston 92, Pittsburgh 87, Columbus 83, Milwaukee 77. When you compare mayor, Columbus is like 220. Minneapolis is 140. Uh, It's just very, to me, it's interesting. I'm not advocating for anybody taking a pay cut or a pay raise. I think it's about right. It's sort of a, a the Goldilocks test to this. Are these people overpaid, underpaid, or meh, seems about right. To me, seems about right. It seems about right. Uh, texters, don't think so. <laughs> if anyone should be getting a raise, it should be the teachers, firefighters, and police officers. Uh, with regards to the mayor, he could make more money as a lawyer at a big law firm I think he wants to be mayor because he's working towards bigger political posts like senator, governor, or president. I do think salary is not really an issue when recruiting to those executive-level nope. jobs. But city council, yeah. I think if you're paying 85 and one texter says 85 considering the cost of housing, maybe 85 isn't that great of a salary. Certainly for someone in management, a management job, which doesn't mean the boss. It doesn't mean CEO. No. It could mean your middle but it's, manager, I mean, that's, supervisor. City council, I mean, that's, I don't want to say C-suite because, you know, that would be the, you know, the yeah. people underneath the, the mayor. I would compare I mean, it to a manager. Like I mean, it's, it's, a, you pr- over- it's pretty high up. Yeah. Now, if your city council member is doing a crap job, that's them. Right. That has nothing to do with what yeah. the actual compensation should be. I don't think. I do think the pay for governor is sort of embarrassing. It does seem awfully low, relatively speaking. Now, do you want the governor making two hundred thousand dollars? I don't know. I probably not. Well, I mean, what you want probably. is to do the same kind of study that we talked about this at the city. And you level, compare right? it. Yeah. Compare it to other similar sized states with similar sized responsibilities. Yeah. And then, and then, then is, go is from that there. executive does you know, what does that executive get paid and and yeah. You know, uh, skew it towards whatever, you know, Minnesota cost of living is. And there you go. And there you go. 352. We'll take a break. Be right back here on CCO. So Best Buy is basically doing the equivalent of when your kids move out of your house. They're asking for the rent to be cut. Because Best Buy's campus is largely empty. And the reality is we have seen kind of corporate offices, they're, they're, you know, their value is lower. So Best Buy wants the city of Richfield to give them a, give them a break. Best Buy wants Richfield to, to put their bill on sale, apparently. Maybe use a coupon code. Richfield should have responded like, well, you got to join the My Best Buy Rewards. You got to join the My Richfield Rewards. <laughs> Download our app. And if you sign up, for the $99 a year program. Uh, I empathize for Best Buy. Here's the deal. They, w- when they built that headquarters in Richfield, they made a deal with the city. And 20 years ago, the city of Richfield bought up a bunch of land. Best Buy said, well, we'll guarantee we'll pay our property value. will be a certain level. Forget it, Best Buy. Suck it up. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.